a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. Welcome back to Starlight Beacon, a Star Wars High Republic podcast. As always, this is Gary, and I am joined by the Rudy Librarian himself, Brian. Hello, Hello. Brian. How are Hello. you? I'm well. That's good. It's good to be back talking about Star Wars. It's great to be back talking about Star Wars. You know, just a couple things going on in the world of Star Wars, especially the High Republic, and we decided to take a month off. <laughs> Well, let's say, first of all, we are, we, we, I think we mentioned in our last episode that we are switching to being monthly, but aside from uh, that, we, we've, you know, sometimes stuff just happens. Life happens. I feel we like got families, been... we got jobs, we got to do what we got to do. Going to just open up right off the bat. Um, we will not be discussing The Rising Storm today. Neither Brian nor I have finished it as of this recording. I feel kind of embarrassed because we're like the High Republic guys, and that is a massive book, and I'm seeing lots of great feedback. But like you said, life happens, and I don't always have the time to read and devote to reading that I, I always do. So, but it will come, and it will be fantastic. It will be glorious when we. Brian get and I have put aside six hours of our time to record a multi-part series just discussing the Rising Storm. <laughs> That is a bald-faced lie, and you know it. But we will we'll, <laughs> the, the hour to hour and a half that we do give you will be star will be better than uh, imperial credits. Absolutely, and we will also be back with that episode soon. We'll be back talking about race to crash point tower and out of the shadows, which, as of today, when we're recording, just came out uh, recently. Came out yesterday. Um, and my copy is sitting at home for me. Uh, it came in the mail today. I got the Target edition. And I'm very much looking forward to getting home and checking that out. Brian, you got it as well, right? I did. I got the uh, the the regular edition of that one. I got the Target edition of, uh, of, out, of the, out of the Shadows. Wait, no. What am I talking about? I got the Target edition, got the target of, edition of The Rising Storm. Uh, Rising Storm. Yes, yeah, So as, as did I. I, w- I want it the out of print edition. And now I'm kicking myself for not getting it. I might still be available, and I might still buy it, but I only got the Target edition of, of Rising Storm so far. Man, I'm going to say that with how many books make up the star, the canon of Star Wars books, you know, like, if because I only, I don't collect Legends books. I only collect canon books. But Same. with how many books are already out that are canon and are on their way, it's it's taking up a good four shelves of my ikea billy bookshelves ikea if you need a sponsor you know um but and i'm like i can't get multiple copies of star wars books i also collect harry potter and i do get multiple copies of those books because 
they were incredibly important to me. Um, not that Star Wars isn't, but uh, yeah. So it's dangerous. There's more so. Star Wars books than Harry Potter, though. So I get it. I get it. Yes. There's more High Republic books. By the end of this year, there will be more High Republic books than there are Harry Potter books. Which is kind of a crazy thing to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and we'll get to it in a few minutes and talk about what's coming. But uh, I'm going to need to get like a warehouse to just keep High Republic material in because we are going to get inundated <laughs> over the next couple of years. And I'm here for it. I'm, that, I'm happy totally. to be to be drowned in High Republic. So what's been going on in, in your life as it regards to Star Wars? Anything new? No, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reading um, the, the rising storm a, a little bit. I have, because I am a, an English teacher slash future school librarian and I, I help run the book club at our school. Um, I have some books I have to read to prepare for that book club. And mm -hmm. so I've been doing, I've been doing my work and I'm, I'm enjoying the books I'm reading, but they're not Star Wars. But I am buying my Star Wars books, and that's about all that I've been able to do lately uh, that's Star Wars related. Um, it, the one thing that is Star Wars related that happened yesterday and will happen again tomorrow is in my classroom, I have a gigantic ATAT -AT that sits on top of my big filing cabinet. It takes up like the whole top of the filing cabinet. And... Uh, my kid will be playing with that while I'm redoing my classroom and getting ready for school. <laughs> so. that's, super, that's super cool. Um, as everyone knows, I am a big Star Wars collector. I collect Star Wars merchandise, action figures, and mainly Funko Pops. And I right now am really into collecting the Futura brand Funko Pops that were Target exclusives. There was uh, a Jawa, Darth Vader, C-3PO, R2-D2, and a Stormtrooper, and Boba Fett. And those were all released last year. And I so far have C-3PO, R2-D2, Stormtrooper, and Boba Fett. So if any listener out there is looking to unload a Futura Funko Pop for a good price, get at me because I'm I'm really into those. And if you don't know what those are, they're not regular Funko Pops. They're, they're artist edition Funko Pops, meaning a specific artist kind of did a graffiti design on them. And they're super cool. Yeah, like where's our Banksy Darth Vader? What the heck? Hey, it might happen. I'd, I'd buy that. So, Brian, you said that you had a question for me. You wanted to start doing a Star Wars-related question on our show, and you said you have one. So hit me with it. Well, I'm going to say this is inspired by a few things. First of all, it's inspired by knowing Gary's uh, strange, uh, his quirkiness. There we go, his quirkiness. Uh, it's inspired by the fact that today I had some Hawaiian cuisine, and uh, I like to try new things. Uh, so I ate some, uh, some, uh, pardon my dog. My dog is excited. So I ate some, uh, some spam masubi. It's, uh, the second time I've had spam both times spam masubi. If you would have asked me 10 years ago, if I would ever eat spam, I said, I'd have said no, but, um, so I thought what would be more fun than like each week or each podcast, one of us comes up with just a really random, weird question. And, uh, and we got to talk about it. So this is my question, Gary. Um, and I believe it's in uh, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, there is a scene where they're walking down the street and you see some of these fellows, the Kowakian monkey lizards oh. uh, that have been cooked. Uh, we're familiar with the Kowakian monkey lizard from first, I think, Return of the Jedi, maybe? Yeah, uh, Salsius Crumb. 
Salacious yeah. Crumb? Yeah, Salacious Crumb. So, um, but there is there are some Kowakian monkey lizards in cages, and then some of them are on a spit. They've been cooked. So my question is, Gary, would you would you imbibe, would you eat a Kowakian monkey lizard? No. <laughs> I'm gonna relate it like I would not eat a lizard or I would not eat a monkey. So I would definitely not eat a monkey lizard. I'm a very picky eater. Um, I limit my my animal protein to just chicken and beef. I don't even eat fish. Um, barely even eat like turkey or any pig related uh, meat. So I'm definitely not gonna eat a monkey lizard. I've been in the position where I could eat like alligator or snake and I passed up on that opportunity because that did not sound good. Um, I feel like we've talked about eating snake and alligator before on this show. It's possible. I've eaten both of those things. I think the most like uh, kind of obscure animal I've eaten before is shark. And I, didn't, I liked it. And I don't really like seafood, but the shark was pretty good. Um, so no, I would not eat a Kowakian monkey lizard. Now, I don't like Salacious Crumb. He's a jerk. So, you know, I might, might punch him or, or kick him a little bit, but I'm not going to eat him. So, so here's my answer to the question, because judging by the fact that I based it on, on that I like to eat different, you know, kind of strange things, you might assume my answer is yes. But my answer is no as well. Okay. And my answer is not no because it's weird meat. My answer is no because anything that can talk to me, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, ah, yeah. Like, if all they can, now maybe this is horrible. Maybe this makes me a bad person. But if all they can do is like make sounds, but they can't like communicate in words, I'd probably still eat it. But the okay. fact that I know Salacious Crumb can talk, I, I can't do. I can't eat something that can talk to me. I got you. Yeah. So that's that's my weird question. Now you are, are tasked with coming up with something equally strange or stranger for the next podcast. Do you eat meat off a bone? I do. I do not. That's too real to me. Okay, so uh, that may, I'm going to have to throw out here a uh, reference to a excuse me for just a second. Hey, kids. Sorry, you're going to have to edit this out. You're good. Kids, y'all are being loud. Okay. Get them. Get them. Sorry about that. Now you're good. They know they're supposed to be quiet right now. So, um, all right. So, okay. So I'm going to have to throw out a reference to a, uh, a, a wonderful movie, the live action masters of the universe movie, uh, which called itself the star Wars of the eighties, despite the fact that two star Wars movies were made in the eighties. Um, but there's a scene in that where one of the characters, uh, like, like gets they 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 tr they leave Eternia and they end up on Earth, and one of the characters uses his like grappling hook to catch a bucket of ribs and pull it into him, and he's eating these ribs, and Man at Arms and Tila come over and they start eating these ribs too, and Tila says, "What's this white stick in here?" And Man at Arms goes, "Oh, it's the it's the rib bone," and he, she goes, "The the rib bone." Yeah, you mean this used to be an animal? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, how barbaric. Oh. 
I like that the Masters of the Universe characters don't eat meat. At least not off the bone. Have you ever, uh, have you watched the new Masters of the Universe on Netflix yet? Uh, I've watched like two episodes. Okay. I have not watched. How is it? It's good. It's good. Yeah. I really like it. Um, I, I haven't gotten far enough to make a good judgment, but I like what I've seen so far. I've, I've seen something interesting that I've also saw in Star Wars fandom where it's critically acclaimed, but some fans are not taking to it um, and are kind of review bombing like on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff, which we saw happen with The Last Jedi specifically. But I think it has like a Rotten Tomato score from critics of like 93 and a fan score of like 20. So there's there's definitely somebody going in there manipulating numbers. The the whole review bombing thing I think is 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 horrible. Like the point of reviewing is to say here's my opinion, right? So to manipulate that to where your opinion is the only opinion, it defeats the whole purpose. And I I really hate that. And a lot of times too, it's based on like absolutely stupid things. Like I remember they were doing that with Captain Marvel before Captain Marvel was even in the theater, because. They didn't like that they thought that uh, the lead actress was was too woke and was trying to push feminism. And so a bunch of like, you know, I don't know how I want to describe the, the guys who decided that they needed to review bomb it and trash the movie before it started because of that. I mean, I'll trash the movie, but mostly because I didn't like it. Yeah, I, I liked it, but I'm, but I'm OK with people not liking it. But yeah. Don't review bomb it before you've seen it. You know, don't oh, don't totally agree. Don't review bomb it at all, and definitely don't review it before you've seen it. Just because you don't like that she comes back at you when you tell her she has to smile. <laughs> There's a movie like that. I love the movie Battleship. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, Based I love that movie. Bradley board game. Absolutely, and it's not for everybody. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I love it. And I have a friend who, like, I'm trying to convince him, like, you should listen to, you should see this movie. It's super fun. You'd like it. He's like, no. I'm never going to see that. It's terrible. I'm like, but you haven't seen it. How could you say it's terrible? Right. So, yeah. yeah I've always hated that. Do you like the movie Battleship, by the way? Yeah, it was all right. I mean, it wasn't like, it's not something that I'd probably go back. I mean, I might go back to it if I just wanted something fun. But, like, it's not something that I would, like, think about a lot. But it was it was good. I'm going to say it. This is going to be our new debate. And you could ask other people if you'd like. Battleship better than Captain Marvel. There, I said it. <laughs> you said something the other day on social media that I was like, now you've gone too far. And I don't remember what it was. But Oh, it was Space Jam was better than Black Widow. And I stand by that. Space Jam 2 is better than Black Widow. I haven't seen Space Jam 2 yet, so I can't I can't say anything. But I thought Black Widow was great. All righty. We had a <laughs> pretty big week of announcements this week. We had one of our great authors roundtables uh, for the High Republic. And I love that they do these when they're like, Let's get all the authors and the creative minds of the High Republic together. Let's tell you what's coming. And boy, oh boy, is there some cool stuff coming. So we found out officially that there will be three waves in phase one of the High Republic. And I know we talked about this all the way back in our first episode. How many phases? How long will this go on for? So we know now there's going to be three waves in phase one. And there will be three total phases as of right now. We don't know if there's going to be more waves in each phase, but as of right now, there's going to be three total phases 
and three waves within those phases. I think I got that right. Yes. Yes. So if if my math is correct, that would give us 70 billion books to look forward to in the next couple months and years. Uh, yeah, I was going to go with 11 billion, but you 70 billion can maybe you're, you might be a little closer, actually. But yeah, that's really exciting. Meaning High Republic is going to be around for at least, let's say, conservatively, the next two to three years. Which I'm also okay with. Um, and we know we have the Acolyte coming as well, which ties in the High Republic. So just this year, I think we've gotten a dozen High Republic books and then the comic books. And I'm counting like Edge of Balance in there and Life Day Treasury. So maybe a dozen total published books on top of the comic books, which we have by the end of the year, four series of comic books. So that's just that's just absurd. That's bonkers. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if we'll four you mean two marvel and two and two idw no we're gonna have the marvel the idw and then the the two miniseries oh yeah yeah you're right well because i was thinking of like volumes of each marvel because if you think about it for every phase we've had an adult book a young adult book a middle grade book and a children's book which we're really not counting because they're kind of taken from the, the retelling of the other stories but yeah i'll, I'll count it i mean i own them so okay so add the children's books right so that's four and you've got three phases of that so that's 12 right yeah. but then you add in the extra stuff so you add in like volumes of marvel the marvel comic and you're going to have probably two volumes this year two volumes of idw this year plus the two mini series so now we're at 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 then and you add edge of balance edge of balance life day treasury and uh monster at temple run or temple peak yeah yep and, and then and uh what's the other Tempest one runner? Tempest Runner, yep. Trail of Shadows. <laughs> what was my number before? Was it like 18? I think we're up to like 20, 22, 23. Yeah, so I think we're, now we're at 23 High Republic things this year. Oh, my God. Probably. Oh, my God. Probably. <laughs> That's so cool. And we yeah. have at least one live action show coming in the Acolyte. We have... I'm going to guess probably more shows or I, I would say there's going to be a cartoon, um, probably a video game of some sorts over the next couple of years. I would guess they would do that. So man, toys, they've got to do toys soon, right? Right? I hope. I'm going to get every Funko Pop. Give me a Marky and Roe Funko Pop, please. Well, and, and listen, the greatest thing, the greatest toy to purchase Star Wars wise is lightsabers. Mm -hmm. And the greatest... What, like we just got a ton of new lightsabers in these characters with hilts already designed. Give them to me. Give me a Mark Jean Rowe and an Avar Chris Funko Pop, and I will be so happy. And give me a a Vector Lego, and I will be so happy. Yes, that would be that would be pretty amazing. I don't know if I want Mark Marching Rowe or Avar Chris's lightsaber the most. And there's. Uh, there's no way it could happen, but imagine if we could get the uh, the light whip. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Who is it that has the the Kylo Ren style like uh, saber? I, I you're you got me. I'd have to go back and look right now because there's is so, it, El is it Elzar or Stellan Gyas who has that? I, it's one of them has that. Yeah, because they t talk about it in the early chapters of the Rising um, Rising Storm. I have the book literally right behind me, and I could look at the cover, but it's too far. Yeah, I understand. So books coming out. The big one 
Claudia Gray is writing the final adult novel of Wave of Phase One, um, and that is going to be called Fallen Star. Just that name alone has me hyped, and just Claudia Gray has me hyped. Yeah. So, what what surprised me a little, I guess, in a way, is that we didn't have Claudia Gray in Phase Two. Because every like many of these people are doing double duty, right? They're doing a comic and a book or whatever. And I'm not I'm not judging at all. But Claudia Gray, I think we've talked about before, she's my absolute favorite Star Wars writer. And and there is I have not read many bad Star Wars books at all in the in the new canon, uh, if any. Um, there's one that a lot of people have told me is bad, and I haven't read it yet. And that's Heir to the Jedi. I haven't read that one yet. But um but I haven't read anything that I have not liked at all. But Claudia Gray is my absolute favorite. And I missed her in phase two. So to find out she's doing the adult novel, which is going to be the biggest, longest, most in-depth one, probably. I'm super, super pumped. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why she was holding held off in, in this wave of wave two, because she's been focusing on that. And just by the title Fallen Star, we can make our our guesses of what that is going to be and people who are ahead of us in reading probably might have a better idea, but man, that sounds cool. Well, okay. So guess, what do you think it's going to be? Starlight beacon's going to get destroyed. We're going to have to change the name of our show. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> We've created, look, the starlight beacon, the greatest thing that's ever going to exist. And I think we kind of expect it to be gone by the end of high Republic. Totally. But if it's gone, if it's gone at the end of phase one, it's like, well, crap. Yeah, <laughs> and it would be a good mirror to like the original Star Wars trilogy, right? If you think about it, in phase one or New Hope, the Empire had built the greatest weapon that they could ever think of, the Death Star, and it was destroyed by the end. Yeah, maybe we'll get Starlight Beacon two, uh, fully operational in in phase three. Starlight Beacon two, electric boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so that book is coming out. I don't know if the exact date is announced. It's early January of 2022. January 2nd, January 5th is sticking in my mind. I'm sure I could look it up, but it is early January of 2022. So, I mean, like, that's only like five months away. Yeah, and we count that as this year, even though it's technically January, when we were counting books. But I, I will say, too, just real quick, my my guess, it may be the Starlight Beacon, but I think, I think we're definitely going to have a Jedi fall, you know, very soon. Yeah, I uh, I think uh, to the dark side again. People probably have read more than us. They've finished Rising Storm and maybe the other books that have been released, so they might know. But I I agree with you. Either we're going to lose a Jedi to the dark side, to the Nile, or to death. Do you do you, do you have an idea which Jedi you think it would be? I think it needs to be someone like Avar Chris, not someone that's already on the edge. But get someone who like. Yeah. Seems like they've got it all together, and then just like, nope. I think Avar's the one is my guess to die. Yeah, that that makes sense. That would be a big hit to fall to the dark side. Um, I don't. I have a theory, but I don't want to get too much into spoilers about Rising Storm because there's a character in there that I think could. So I will. I will just. Uh, we'll talk about it next time. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have Daniel Jose Older is going to be releasing the. YA novel, uh, Midnight Horizon. No release date for that yet, but I'm super stoked for that because I've enjoyed I enjoy every YA novel that Star Wars has done. We, we've talked about that at length. 
Justina Ireland is going to be doing the middle grade novel, which will be called Mission to Disaster. And then we're going to be getting a, it's like a comic miniseries. They said it's like two 30-page comics um, or two, books. I think they said two 60-page. 60-page, is that what it is? Yeah. Um, by Charles Soleil called Eye of the Storm. And that's going to kind of be a prequel or give us some backstory on Marching Row. So, you know, we love that character here and I'm a big fan. So that's exciting. And Charles Soleil is, is a great author. So that's what the slate looks like for Wave 3. So um, three novels, you know, the same thing, an adult novel, YA novel, um, a middle grade novel. There's also a young reader um, that's probably going to tie into Fallen Star. I think they announced the name, but I did not write that down. So I apologize. And then the the Eye of the Storm comic to kind of wrap it up. Well, and let me let me say real quick about Charles Soule's comic that the thing that I'm so so Charles Soule is maybe more far far better known for being a comic writer for for Mar for Star Wars because he was kind of the guy who got us started with uh, with the Darth Vader, right? Yep. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was Darth Vader. So one of the two main comic series that we have in canon Star Wars, Charles Soule was writing it and like highly acclaimed, like highly regarded. So to have him going back to the comic, because he really hasn't been doing that in High Republic, is super exciting. And to have him being the one to come up with the backstory on Marchie and Roe, when he also is the one who did, you know, the Darth Vader. So he's been focusing on these dark characters. I think that's really exciting, too. So an interesting quote that came out of this author's event as well was uh, Kevin Scott said that we can look forward to a Jedi joining the storm, meaning a Jedi will join the Nile. Maybe that's, that's cool. the fallen star. Yeah, that's cool. I don't, I don't know who that could be. My guess right yeah. now, boom, I'm going to give you a guess. I think it's going to be Bell. Yeah? Yep, that's my guess. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to change their mind and allow Kix to be trained and to be a Jedi, and then she's going to leave. Right? Is it Kix? Or am I getting the name wrong? Uh, the one from the Higher Public Adventures? Yeah. I don't remember her name. There's so many names, and I'm terrible with names. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like that theory. I dig that, especially with her her friend in uh, Higher Public Adventures is off still chilling with the Nile. So, all right. All right. In other big news, we're going to go in some um, chronological order. Monster Temple Peak, first issue drops August 11th. You could read the first couple pages online right now. They were just released by the Star Wars High Republic show on YouTube. So you can check those out. Um, that follows Ty Uric. Um, it's kind of a prequel to Rising Storm. Um, minor spoiler, Ty Uric is a character in the Rising Storm. So we get to know her there. And I think we're going to get to know her a lot more in Monster of Temple Peak. So... That should be pretty exciting. That's the the comic we talked about as potentially being like a a Buffy style kind of monster of the week, monster hunter comic. So really cool. Yeah, and the little bit that I've read of of uh, the Rising Storm right now, Tyoric, I really like the personality. The you know the the I just like it. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I just really like uh, they don't handle things the same way everyone else does. Yep, that's a character that I definitely latched onto. I really enjoyed her. Um, coming August 31st, I'm really excited for this one. An audiobook exclusive, uh, Tempest Runner. So following, uh, looks like we're going to be deeping, uh, 
diving deep into Lorna D. It's one of the Tempest runners for the Nile. Um, and just today, just a few minutes before we started recording, they released the voice cast for that um, audiobook. Um, I'm not going to go through the entire cast because there's a lot of people, a lot of names there. But one of them stood out to me. I'm going to pull it up right now. Please hold. Brian, uh, Brian Stahl, talk about something. Uh, I'm, well, it's hard to stall because I'm also pulling it up. But, but uh, I think I, I would not be surprised if the person that stands out to you is the same person that stood out to me in the, in the voice cast. It's Mark Thompson. That's the one. It's Mark Thompson, who narrates the, the Thrawn books and narrates a lot of the Star Wars books. And his voice is so, to me, is so synonymous with Thrawn. Um, I listened to the new canon Thrawn trilogy all in audiobook. And now I'm reading the, Thr now I'm physically reading the Thrawn Ascendancy books. And I have his voice kind of tied to Thrawn there. So Mark Thompson does a terrific job with those Star Wars audiobooks. And he is playing three excellent characters. So he's going to be playing Pan Eta. Um, one of the Tempest Runners for the Nile. Uh, he's a great character who gets fleshed out a lot more in, in Rising Storm as well. He's playing Skier, one of our favorite Jedis from the Marvel run. And he's playing Marching Row. So I'm super excited for that. Yeah, definitely some important characters there for sure. And then the, the cast is going to be led by an actress named Jessica Almazy, who I looked her up on IMDb, doesn't have a lot of credits, but she's from New Jersey. So that's where I'm from. And that's exciting. And she's going to be playing Lorna D. So uh, can't wait for that. That comes out August 31st. Um, and that's Kevin Scott who, who wrote that book. So, oh, man, I do think we're going to get like an audiobook exclusive every phase, too, because that's awesome. That, yeah, that would be cool. What I what I I, I got to say, one of the things I love about having the audio book exclusives is that they almost always later release the script book. Yep. And I like having the book on my shelf, too. Even though I, I love hearing the audiobook exclusive. I like having the book on my it's a script, so not that's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's it's mine. Yeah, they've done so far, in case you guys were unaware, they did the um Dooku Jedi Lost and Dr. Afra as were audiobook exclusives that they turned into script books as well. And both those are excellent, and both of them are are highly recommended reading or listening rather. Agreed. After that, it's just the fun never stops. We have the Edge of Balance Magna, uh, Magna, Ma Manga. That's, I always like, say Magna instead. Manga book coming out on September 7th. That was supposed to come out back in May, but it's been delayed till September 7th. Really looking forward to that. I have never read a ton of uh, manga books, so that might be the first one I read the entire thing of. Yeah, I, I I really hadn't read much manga either, except for uh, I had one friend that liked it, and then I had to read some when I was in library school, um, and and so that got me a little bit into it. What I'm most excited about with this is sort of the blending of some uh, Japanese culture in with um, the Star Wars, but in a way that that can actually be part of canon because, like, we know we're getting that, and I don't know if you we were going to talk about this all, but this the the what is it? Visions? Yes, Star Wars Visions, the, the Ronin book coming out in October. Well, and I mean the, the anime or whatever, yep. the, the cartoon. And in that case, there is a lot of blending of culture, but they're, they're saying that it's not really canon, at least the show, right? The book might be, but the, the show is not. And this is a way that can blend the Japanese culture into Star Wars, but it's still Star Wars. 
and it's sort of they're, they're, they've done it in a way in which it's sort of otherworldly. It's another planet still, and I think that's really cool. I really like that. Agreed. I'm actually really looking forward to that book. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, so Edge of Balance, also coming out September 7th, is The Life Day Treasury, which is another um, kind of short story collection book that we've seen with the Tales of the, what is it, Tale, Tales of Dark, the Dark Side or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this one has uh, Stellan Geos on the cover of the book, so we know it's going to tie into High Republic, at least a couple stories, so that's cool. Yes. And then Trail of Shadows, which is another mini series for the High Republic comics starts October 6th. Um, so I don't know how many issues that one's going to be yet, but that's something I'm also looking forward to. That's going to be the noir themed comic book. Did they say who was writing that one? I forgot. Uh, please hold. I'll look it up. Um, could I get some music while you're putting me on hold? <laughs> Daniel Jose Older. <laughs> That's exactly like when you're put on hold because then they come back and it's like out of nowhere. They're like yelling at you, whatever the like, like you've been talking the whole time. Yeah. Um, so that's what we got on the High Republic slate for the rest of the year. Uh, also coming, as we mentioned, is Ronin, a Visions novel on October 12th. We have Queen's Hope by E.K. Johnston on November 2nd. Uh, Can't wait for it. Yeah, that's the third book in the E.K. Johnston's kind of Padme series. And if you haven't read that because you don't like Padme, you don't like the prequels, you don't like young adult novels, you're wrong because those are excellent, excellent Get books. the heck out of here. Don't listen to our show. Actually, yeah, you should still listen to our show. But um, those books are really great, and I think that you would you'd find some joy in them. And they really expand that character um, a lot. I actually really like the second one a lot more than the first one, too, because it, it overlaps with uh, Phantom Menace. Yes. Very, very good. And then we're getting Thrawn, the third Thrawn Ascendancy book, Lesser Evil. So we already, yes, we already got one earlier this year in May on May 4th. But the third one in that trilogy is coming. And um, Brian and I were, were messaging about this a few weeks ago. I, I wasn't crazy about the first Thrawn Ascendancy book, um, Chaos Rising. But the second one, um, Greater Good, is really, really good. It's, it's one of the better Star Wars books. So... As we've said on the show, I, I'm not a huge Thrawn fan, but that book was excellent. So cannot wait till Lesser Evil comes out. And I got a lot of catching up to do to with Thrawn. <laughs> I've, read, I've read like nothing Thrawn. But, you know, just trying to keep up with High Republic right now and trying to finish out the Alphabet Squadron uh, has got me pretty, pretty busy. Yeah, I'm I'm also in Alphabet Squadron. I'm listening to Shadowfall. I've been listening to it for like three months because it's just... I, I, it's just taken me a while to get through. I think I loved the Alphabet Squadron, the first book, but Shadowfall, for whatever reason, the uh, audiobook has taken me a while. Is Shadowfall the second or the third? I'm trying it's, to remember. It's, it's the second. second one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I had an opposite reaction. Like I listened to Shadowfall on audiobook and I absolutely loved it, but I listened every day on my way to and from work. And I don't know. I just really, really dug it. So we're going to just wrap up by talking about. Uh, Chapters five and six, or issues five and six of the Marvel High Republic series. Um, well, just, been, uh, just just six is all we haven't covered on High Republic by Marvel, and five on IDW Adventures. Oh, okay, okay. Then we'll just talk about six. Which starts out with Avar Chris 
going into battle riding on a rancor with the huts at her side. That's, that's so cool. <laughs> that's so cool. Even the cover of the the standard edition is is a picture of her riding a rancor, and I'm like, yep. I never thought about a Jedi riding a rancor, but now I've seen it, and now I love it. And you see, like this image of like I'm trying I'm trying to back up a little bit. You see the image of like the Drangir, like just going after people to like tear them apart or whatever, you know, devour them and, and take over them. And then the, like a couple panels later. You see them fleeing for their lives from the uh, Rancor hut battle. And you see Avar Chris getting vicious. Yeah. And uh, they're buddies with the huts now. That's kind of interesting. It is interesting. And it's not, but it's not like a, it's not like a, it's not an easy alliance. Right. And uh, they do reference that in Rising Storm about they're like, hey, Avar's over there being friends with the Huts. We don't know about that. So a lot of this episode or this issue, too, I'm trying to scroll through because I think this is the issue where a lot of it deals with trying to separate Skier from the Dringir. Yes. Right. And 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 uh, Keith Trennis kind of being accepting the Dringir and, and kind of getting into their mind. Right. So that she could try and save skier against yes. his wishes right but it's kind of an interesting issue because when they're like in the mind of the drink gear it's like it's almost like a trippy like i don't know like the instead of all the green tendrils there's white tendrils but they're still kind of doing battle inside and uh it was just it was just an interesting way to do it but it it really showcases the relationship between uh, uh, you know, the master and apprentice and that kind of stuff. And it takes them to the great progenitor, which is important, right? So the great... That, what does that word mean, progenitor? I've never heard that word before. Well, progeny is like offspring, right? So yes. progenitor is the one who gives birth to the offspring. So the great progenitor would be like the where all the Drengir come from. It's like, I'm assuming that they reproduce asexually. So it's and, like the, the queen alien. Yes. Yeah. Something okay. like that. And so they go to face the great progenitor and, um, and, and, and skier rips his own arm off. <laughs> right? Skier's because, doing a lot of self harm in these Marvel books. Because Keeve gets stabbed and skier says no i won't lose you real or not this will not stand and rips his own the the dring gear arm that he has he rips it off skier and uh keith Trennis have a really great relationship and it's it's one of if not the best defined master and padawan relationships that we've had in the high republic because he he's obviously a strong jedi but she pushes him and she pushes back on him and and calls him out for some of his weaknesses earlier on in this run. And I really enjoy the relationship. Yeah. Well, and what's cool is it kind of shows to. So in this episode, you know, with with the force, we're dealing with things that are like sort of spiritual and things that are real. And especially in this episode where they're like inside their own minds and inside the mind of the drink here. And when they come out. You know, Skier's like, we failed. We didn't succeed in, you know, killing the progenitor. Uh, we didn't get what we needed. 
And she's like, speak for yourself. And she looks down at her arm and there's a word carved in her arm from the thorns of the progenitor yeah. or whatever. And it's a name. And so they've got something to go on, which is a great stopping point because this is the last ep issue of volume one. So it really tells us that volume two is going to be diving into who is this Melita character. Yep. And volume, it should be saying, should be said that the next issue actually came out the day of our recording today and neither of us have read it yet. So I'm looking forward to diving into that probably right after this. Yeah, for sure. Um, do we think that they're going to continue to battle the Drangir? Do Does it seem like the Drangir threat is going to be a little subdued? Um, because, okay, we know where their home base is. We know where their, you know, for lack of a better term, queen or, or anything is. Let's take the fight to them. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe. There, there's what's, what's hard, and we're going to have to see how this goes from here, right, is that they're trying to balance a lot of things. And so they're trying to balance the Drangir and they're trying to balance the as far as as writers, right? Right. The writers are trying to and they're trying to balance the, the the Nile. And we also know at some point, and we don't know how soon, although there are more and more rumors right now. Um, and, it, and I think it comes up in another uh, uh, issue of the comic that just came out that we're going to get our first look at a Sith. And we've had Sith mentioned. Mm -hmm. but we're going to get our first look at a Sith. So you're adding a third sort of battlefront for them to deal with. And as writers, man, it's kind of hard to balance all that stuff. So whether because they need to focus a little bit more on the Nile or whatever, we may see a little bit of lull in the Drangir because this happened, because they confronted them and got some secrets. That would be a really great reason for the Drangir to go into hiding, I think. Yeah. And I've always thought... Um, that the Nile will some somehow weaponize the Drangir. Yeah, or 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 I mean, or the Sith who have well, the Sith couldn't couldn't deal with them, right? They yes. they could barely contain them. So yeah, uh, it'd be interesting. And plus, we know um, we're going to find out more about this. And this is maybe spoilers for a very early chapter in the Rising Storm. Um. We know March Marchian Roe has a lightsaber. So yeah. uh, we we learned that at the end of Light of the Jedi, right? He has Loden Great Dorm's lightsaber. Right, right. Okay, you know what? I forgot that. And yes. so I was like, where did this lightsaber come from? That's right, it's Loden Great. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. So hmm. so much stuff happening. So many balls in the air in the High Republic. And I I love it. I love how how complex it is. I love that there's so many competing storylines and there's so many characters. To the point where I don't know if you feel this way. It's kind of hard for me sometimes to keep track of all the characters. It de yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's a lot of characters, and they just keep introducing new characters. Um, and I thought, like we talked early on, like is there going to be a central character? And I don't think that central character has been defined quite yet. I think if there's a central character for us, it's probably Avar Chris is the closest to it, or Roe or Martin Roe. Yeah. They're kind of like our head of the good and head of the bad, for right. lack of a better understanding. Which is kind of weird to think of anyone other than Yoda in that position, but he's not really in this. They've handled Yoda very well, I think. Yeah, because we want new characters. We want new stories. And if Yoda was in charge, I think it would feel too much like what we've already had. I do think Yoda's going to come back with a vengeance in like phase three and, and have an epic lightsaber battle with Martin Rowe. That's my, that's my, you know, on my wish list. 
Yeah, I'd be down for that. That'd be sweet. <laughs> All right. Anything else we want to cover on the on Marvel issue six? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm already flipping through IDW, so we can talk about that one. Okay. All right. Take us to that. Well, so IDW issue five starts out with Crix in a, a vector going to try and save uh, her buddy, which I'm forgetting his name at the moment. Do you remember it? Zine. Zine. There we go. Oh no, Zine is the Jedi. Uh, uh, what is his name? Names are horrible. Uh, um, it's not anyway. buckets of blood. No. <laughs> no, Crix is Crix is the the one who's with the Nile. It's Zine is the the force sensitive one. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, and I was just getting that. Yeah. So and then Crix like shoots Zine down. Yeah. Uh, so, and we've got a bunch of the young, um, sort of, you know, Jedi, uh, students mm -hmm. who go to try and help Zine. And we've got the, the more experienced Jedi masters that are there, you know, dealing with Marchie and Roe. And basically this whole issue is like a lot of fighting, a lot of action and, uh, you know, a little bit of heartbreak. We've got this. I'm trying to think of what this is. Uh, giant, almost like minotaur-looking beast that like comes through and tears everything apart at one point. Yeah, they're in like a junkyard. It's like the junkyard beast. Yes, I think that was a wrestler in the '80s. No, it was junkyard dog. Yeah. <laughs> and what? What? So here's what's interesting in this one is it comes down to it, Zine has been Zine has been torn and Crix has been torn about what they believe, right? Because mm -hmm. Crix is torn because he's always been taught that like the Force is evil, and then he finds out that his best friend is a Force user. Zine is torn because she has come to understand that the Force is not bad and that the people that she's known and loved her whole life have been like basically sort of manipulating them or like making them have like this fear that kept them from experiencing something that's great, like the force, but also she's upset because like clearly the Nile are bad and, and Cricks went with them. Mm -hmm. And so we get this moment where Zine is like furious because he shot her down and he's like, you shot me down. You shot at my friends and she's about to use the force to like take him out. And uh, she stopped and they say, you know, that's not our way. And so now we're like, is, is Zine going to be bad? Maybe like there, I think we've talked a little bit about how maybe this is who's eventually going to be our acolyte or something. I don't know. Yes, we did. We did mention that. Um, I think my, my favorite page and panel is the last page. The end of part one ends with the end of part one, where we see Zine now being accepted by the Jedi and saying, are you going to stay with us? You're going to help us. And we see Marchie and Roe give his helmet over to Crix. Yeah, that's that's pretty neat. And there was actually some discussion about this online because, again, spoiler for for a rising storm, there's something that happens with his helmet, and people were confused as to which helmet it was. Because if you if you've seen early concept art of him, it looks different than what we've seen in the comic books. So um, I guess he has multiple helmets that he wears. Uh, we get our first look at Marjean without his helmet on. He looks, um, you know, like a a bad guy, <laughs> and. Uh, and he gives his helmet over to Crick. So is Crick's kind of 
is he grooming him to be one of his, the, the Tempest runners? Is he grooming him to be like his right hand? Or is he just using him to get closer to the Jedi? Probably, maybe, maybe all the above. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think that, um, I think that Martian Rowe looks a little bit like Nightcrawler. He does. Yeah. He also kind of looks like a Chiss, like Thrawn, but I don't think he has blue skin. I think his skin is supposed to be gray. Yeah. But. So overall, that, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's interesting stuff. It's leaving us in it, and that's a really great place for it to stop for the first volume of IDW too. Is yeah. the helmet being passed on, and what does that mean? And and Zine finally being fully accepted. And IDW issue six has come out, and I've read it, and it does start a new story arc. So a completely new story arc with new characters, which might be good. It'll be interesting to see if you know it's going to go a couple issues and then tie back in. I'm sure it will. It's some characters that we've already met, but they're, they, they now become the focus of, of the comic, it seems. So um, I think we've, we've both said IDW Adventures is our, our preferred comic over the Marvel. Do you still feel that way? I don't I, I have a hard time saying it's preferred. They're both really good and both very different. So like the IDW is, I feel like, a lot. I want to say it's a lot more action mm-hmm. in a way because it feels like several of the issues are just like, all action but there's right. a lot of action in marvel too uh it's just they're just very different and i, I really like them both I, the idw adventures because it's geared to a younger audience it has younger primary characters so that's yeah. one so i think I, re- t- I relate with them a little bit more yeah so if you tend to be drawn to like the ya novels or the middle grade novels then i think what the idw adventures is probably also going to be more your cup of tea but they're both phenomenal Agreed, and can't wait to see how they continue and, and what we continue getting from both those comics. They're so good. They're so good. It's my best my best day of the month is when I get my new Star Wars comics. Yeah. Problem for me is I never really remember when they come out, and then I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, they're out. I got to go get them. Are you, do you have a subscription to them, or you just buy them issue by issue? I buy them issue by issue because I don't like I, – for the most part, I don't like anything being automatically deducted from my accounts, you know? Got it. Okay. I I have a subscription, so I just get a note saying your new comic is ready, and I'm like, oh boy, let me call out of work to read this 20 page comic. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good plan. All right, so I think that's all we got for today. Happy the, to be back. We'll be back soon. Um, as soon as Brian and I both finish Rising Storm, we'll put some time together, and we will have an in depth 17 hour discussion about that. We're gonna go page by page and break every page down of that comic. Is that good with you, Brian? Of that book? Yeah. So it's gonna go something like this, Gary. I could not believe. Can you believe that that uh, who wrote <laughs> who wrote the who wrote the Rising Storm? Uh, Kevin it, uh, Scott. Kevin Scott. Yeah, right. Can you believe Kevin Scott right here, page two, said the. Oh my gosh! What did he oh. mean by that? Why didn't he use a different word? But he said the. Wow. The. Oh, I was way off. So looking forward to discussing that, looking forward to everything we've got coming with the High Republic, looking forward to chatting with Brian more. And Brian, what do you have to promote? Well, as always, I want to encourage you guys to check out my stuff at the at the, the Rudy Librarian. I was about to say the Rising Storm at the Rudy Librarian. Uh, so that's uh, I've got YouTube videos that I'm doing. I'm about to get back to doing those more regularly. I haven't been doing them as much during the summer. I've got uh, I'm on social media and all the platforms. And I've been doing the Rudy Librarian podcast for a little while right now, and it's been really good getting to interview some 
some people from ska bands and uh, that I love and talk to them about, you know, hey, some I of their favorite that. books. You I were on that show. You were on one of my most recent episodes. The the last two episodes that released, the last one was uh, Tara Han from Half Past Two. And the episode before that was Gary Mastriano from, <laughs> from Backyard Superheroes. And uh, so we talk ska for a while and then we talk about nerdy things and we talk about uh, books. Uh, I asked Gary to rank his favorite Batman uh, Batman movies and Batman, uh, which uh, a lot of hot Gary's hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> so go check out the Rudy Librarian podcast. It's a good time. I've got two episodes coming out. I've already recorded. Uh, so coming up soon will be, uh, and this is breaking news. I haven't said this anywhere else except to Gary. Uh, but the next episode is uh, Talina from Bite Me Bambi. And then the episode after that is Duck from Joystick. And then you're going to be having Gary back on again. It's, it's a strong possibility. <laughs> Very cool. And you could uh, check out my other podcast, the Monster Rally podcast, um, where we talk about universal classic horror movies. We just reviewed a movie called Invisible Agent, which, which is about an invisible man that goes undercover during World War II. It sounds awesome, and it's not. Uh, if you want to hear me write my own plot scenario for what I think should have happened in that movie, and there's a lot of twists and turns and what I think should have happened as opposed to what should have happened, what did happen, check it out. That will be out as well. Um, you could check out Starlight Beacon on T Public by searching for Starlight Beacon or going to the link that's going to be attached to this show um, to get any merch. Uh, you can get a shirt, you can get a hat, you can get a phone case, you can get a tote bag, all sorts of neat stuff if you want to support Starlight Beacon. Um, and we've got a lot of fun episodes uh, to come. So much more stuff to talk about. Brian, anything else before we wrap up? Well, also, and this is a, it's sort of promoting another, a different podcast, but if you uh, become a, a Patreon follower of the On the Upbeat podcast, which is a Scott podcast, uh, one of the extra bonus features is a sort of separate podcast, a podcast within a podcast or whatever, of uh, Gary uh, and, uh, and is that with RJ or is? Yeah, it's RJ. Yeah, so with RJ, I thought it was, re reviewing uh, comic books, and you guys have been doing The Authority, right? We did, yeah. So that, that podcast is called Comically Rad. Thank you for reminding me of all my podcasts that I have. Comically Rad with RJ and Gary, and we read uh, the first volume of The Authority. Our next, our next episode, which comes out in August, is going to be about the comic book Sweet Tooth, which was just made into a Netflix show recently, which uh, I'm excited to watch and read. So check that out if you want to hear me talk more and more and more and more. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for the reminder. No problem. Um, Thank you, everybody. About more Star Wars, though. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy your Kowakian monkey lizard um, with some barbecue sauce. Maybe. A little salt on top. Yeah, a little bit of sauce, a little bit of barbecue, uh, barbecue sauce, or maybe, you know, deep fry it. Who knows? Put it in the air fryer, see what happens. And until next time, we are all the Republic.